nationwide contest. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Kuiper and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Day. Been thinking about that one all Oh, night. that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I liked thank it. You, thank you very much. Good start. Uh, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM, talking sports with you for the most part for the next couple of hours. And I uh, appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Well, the Bears get to participate tonight, and Jeff Hughes, who is our Bears guy, one of them, Cappy. He plays that role and does so very well on Wednesdays. But Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com, and he's a terrific guest. He's opinionated. He's um, knowledgeable about his Bears, and he will join us at 10.15. The Bears with a couple of picks uh, in the uh, second round as they get things rolling here tonight, and there's certainly a lot of talent left on the board. The Hawkeyes... Uh, Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Hawks and the Clones have both added to re- uh, upcoming recruiting classes. So we'll do that with Tom Cakert. We'll also pick his brain on Epinesa and some of the other Hawks that I don't think any of the others won. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe Stone. I saw Ojemudia in some mocks in the second draft, so maybe one of those two find themselves in the third round. But certainly, A.J. Epinesa, Tristan, Tristan Wirfs, a gift to the uh, Buccaneers at 14. So we'll do that with Tom. The Cyclones are getting a bunch of guys uh, in uh, for football. Matt Campbell's had a busy week. Uh, production-wise, so we will speak with him. Uh, also get the latest on Steve Prom as he tries to find uh, just a warm body at this point. Uh, here, put this on. <laughs> Can you play? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Can you wear a jersey? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we kid because, you know, if you can't, if you can't laugh, right? right. It, has, it hasn't gone well, as, as all Cyclone fans know. But Alex Halstead will join us at 1045, the latest on Iowa State. Uh, Governor Kim Reynolds, we are her press conference at 11 o'clock. She teased yesterday that there may be some news coming today uh, pursuant to the opening of the state of Iowa. We will find out if the governor shares that today as at least I took when I was listening to it. Mm -hmm. That was my takeaway. So we'll see. Uh, We will have uh, Michelle Book join the program. Food Bank of Iowa, they continue to be busy. They continue to need airtime, and we will continue to give it to them. Uh, Food Bank of Iowa, Michelle Book, the CEO over there, will join us. We'll recap Restaurant Radio uh, that we did this week. And then speculate if we have some time and i believe we will is what we will see tonight and then into tomorrow but trent after a long long drought of no live sports and the last dance was great don't get me wrong but this was a live sporting event and as many people pointed out it was so nice to to be on twitter and sports dominating their timelines it was an incredible night it was just start to finish smile on my face i i enjoyed every piece of it i enjoyed Roger Goodell and yeah. pumping up the crowd and yeah. and asking for the booze and telling people to bring it and you know, going and, and it was goofy and it was hacky and it was hokey and it was all those things but doing the skull chant with the Vikings fans mm-hmm. on their selection he tripped over where the draft is going to be in two thousand he did yeah, he said twenty twenty and yeah when they Obviously, the draft didn't happen in Vegas, and he was going to uh, let the cat out of the black bag. But you're getting it next year. Well, Dallas, I mean, uh, beg your pardon, Las Vegas. Look, we all make mistakes, faux pas like that, yeah. right? And the other thing is, I mean, he's had weeks to work on Tua Tagliavoa. And, and he, he didn't kick the crap out of it. And he didn't do it very well. No. And on top of it, he thought he nailed it. 
or at least he tried. Oh, and then did he, he feel for- pretty good about it? I did because he forgets then to say quarterback Alabama, oh. and there's there's a good three, four, five second pause. Okay. Before he gets to that I, part, because I'm sure he had been that? working on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Didn't nail it. No. And then forgot about the back part of the selection. But I, I enjoyed it so much. It just smiling ear to ear. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Having that on. Mm-hmm. Family was excited. My wife was excited. So we had the decision. What, what are we going to watch for the NFL draft? And for years, I was always an NFL Network guy. I loved Mike Mayock. Mayock sure. He was the top of the list uh-huh. for me. And there'd be times I'd either see things on Twitter or you're talking to people and, oh, did you see? No, I was watching NFL Network and I I missed the big ESPN part. And same thing last night because I went to ABC for it. You said that to me when we came in today. I didn't even know ABC covered the draft. That started last year when they did that. And it's not just they have both the ESPN feed on ABC. It's its own entity. And it's a more college feel to Mm -hmm. it. It's Herb Street. It's Maria Taylor. Reese is the host of it. Mm-hmm. You got Desmond Howard. Pollock was on there. Really enjoyed it. It's a pretty good crew. Yeah. And because it has more of that college slant, that was the reason that decided uh-huh. to go there. There was also a little more human interest. Maria Taylor did a lot with that. Also, Tom Rinaldi, he had a few pieces. Did he make you cry? A couple of times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He headed that way. Speaking of making you cry, I had a tear in my eye before the draft even started. When um, I don't know, was it a local TV crew that followed Tristan Wirfs to his mother's home and they rolled out the red carpet and there's Wirfs with a bouquet of flowers for his mom, as obviously none of the first rounders had that opportunity mm-hmm. to walk down the red carpet with their mom or with their parents last night. I thought that was amazing, Trent. I retweeted it if people missed it on the Miller and Condon Twitter account. Go take a look if you haven't because you're exactly right. Exact same thing for from me, oh. just just seeing that. It's a little clip. It's 15 seconds mm-hmm. is all, but it it brings the feels. It does. It yes. really did. And you think about, you have this son, this monster of a son. You're a single oh. mom. You've worked at Target now for 30 years. He, did you see him jump out of the pool? Oh, you were watching ABC? He, did you? They show, oh, yeah, yeah. They showed him jumping out of yes, the pool? Yeah. That's crazy. He is a freak athletically. He is just incredible. And for him to fall at that spot, you know, I'm looking at some of the other guys, Boy, Tristan Wirfs, there's no such thing as a sure thing right. in the NFL. That's pretty good, doesn't it? He is going to be a good pro. At the yeah. very least, he is going to be a good pro. I would be shocked if he even had a career like Gallery. And Gallery, I think, gets a bad rap a lot of times. Robert Just Gallery became... where he was picked. Yes, he became one of the best guards in uh-huh. the league later in his career. He wasn't a left tackle in the NFL. No. He wasn't. And maybe that's the same thing with Tristan Wirfs. I don't think so. I think he can play left tackle at a high level in the NFL, but maybe that could be the case. But at the very least, he's going to be a good right tackle or a good interior guy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a bust. And for him to drop, and with the number of tackles taken in front yeah. of him. Look, I like Becton a lot from, from Louisville. He would be my guy, but worse would have been right after that. Yeah. He's a monster. Oh, I'm watching him at the Combine. Yes. Watching move. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that Worf's falling to 14. I mean, good for Tampa Bay. That, that division is going to be so much fun to it watch. Is. Who had the worst night? The Green Bay Packers or Scott Frost? <laughs> so again, because I was watching ABC, I just saw oh, the Twitter you didn't see reaction. Trey Wingo. As Trey Wingo was called out, Scott Frost eviscerated him twice. Had a chance to have this guy, didn't need him. Yeah, that's not that's as a good as one. what we've currently got here. Well, let's Ooh. let's get into Green Bay. Okay, as that plays out last night, the decision to move up number yeah, one. Yeah, Kunst. I thought they were coming up for Queen, which would have made yep. a lot of sense. Yep. I definitely would have bought into that one there. You have a roster that is very well set. Mm-hmm. You're in good shape. 
to move up to get a quarterback at this point, oh. it's mirror image of what happened 15 years ago. Yeah. 35-year-old Brett Favre, now 36-year-old mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But remember, Aaron Rodgers, for many people, they believed he was a top-five talent in right. that draft. Yeah. And he dropped to 24. And as it turned out, he was right. And absolutely, he was right on that account. He was a top-one talent in that draft. Jordan Love is not looked at in that same breath. No, a lot of people like him. I'm yes. with you. Here's the thing with the Packers. Their, their fan base has been incredibly spoiled because when you go from Brett Favre mm-hmm. To Aaron, you have two quarterbacks dating back to the early '90s. Think about that: right. two quarterbacks and two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I don't know if Jordan Love's going to be that. It's a huge risk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has to be. That window is still open. They need mm-hmm. you need help around him, more so on the offensive side. But you know what it reminded me of from a personal, from a, from a my fandom standpoint, working with Brinson and coming in the Friday after the first round of the draft and being completely out of my mind that Peyton Manning uh, needs offensive weapons around him in Denver to get things rolling, and they took a kid in Brock Osweiler, who now, admittedly, Super Bowl 50, they might not make the playoffs, for crying out loud, sure. if Osweiler doesn't come in in relief of man, but that they needed help, and Rodgers needs help right now. And to take a guy that's not going to play for two years... He makes average wide receivers great. Yes. And he has, has done that consistently career. throughout his uh-huh. career. You're 15 years into this. Ted Thompson, good GM. Mm-hmm. I, I think very well respected what he did. Of course, it didn't end well, but rarely do things right. end well. But he had a hell of a run. Yes, he did. Never drafted a running back or wide receiver in the first round. Right. Same thing now with Gutekunst. Yep. Haven't drafted a receiver now, running back, you don't have to. Aaron Jones turned out to be a really mm-hmm. nice player mm-hmm. for, for Green Bay, and, and credit to him for finding him a couple of years ago. But to not do that and to not build in that fashion at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career. In Rappaport of NFL Network, he had the report that Aaron Rodgers was hurt. And oh, so he spoke with him? His I camp. Okay, his camp. Okay, yeah, his I camp. seen that. That he felt very yeah. slighted, and he was disappointed. Yeah. He was told they were going to get him help. That they were going to get more for him. You look the good news is that there's a lot of receivers that there can are. really play left. Yes. Rodgers, he's a different guy. Mm-hmm. He's a different kind of cat. But if mm-hmm. people think this is also going to be an easy transition like Favre was and the Packers at the end, they were just sick of the, the song and dance every single year. Are you going to retire? Right. Are you going to come back? Right. It became just untenable. They wanted their organization back. Yep. This is going to be, I think, a completely different way. Rodgers has said many times he would like to play into his 40s, like mm-hmm. Tom Brady. This is not a guy that looks to be on his way out. But here's the difficult part from the Packers' perspective in terms of if he is upset and he just wants to get out. Packers were to move on from Rodgers right now. They lose $29.5 million in cap space. How about 2021? 31.5 in dead cap space there. 2022, it becomes at least a little bit more palpable as you're talking about a dead cat. So that's when he gets to New England 17.2, <laughs> there you go. And uh, and Belichick gets another championship. That would save Green Bay 2022 about $22 million in cap space. Jeez. But we're still talking down the road right. here. At least two more seasons of this. And you know the way this is going to be. You flip on ESPN, we go to Packers training camp, and the questions are asked. And yeah. every single time, and that's going to be difficult for mm-hmm. Rodgers, it's going to be difficult for Love, and every single time you say anything, just taking a little bit out of context, and the way that becomes a huge story in Green Bay and in the NFL, this is going to be a circus 
Good at Coons, I understand it. I do too, in a way, but yeah, in a way, and, and more, I more so don't like. I mean, I get it. I'm eighty twenty against it. If you were ten and six, and you just got in the playoffs, they were thirteen uh, and three. I know. Is this a Lafleur thing? Well, he wanted him apparently because Lafleur wanted him. Lafleur and Rogers. We remember the conversation last summer. Uh, these guys are not seeing eye to eye. But they were at the end. They were at the end. Yeah. Be- because they were 13 to 3. Well, that goes a long way, doesn't that it? That does go a long yeah. way. I do wonder how much is also playing behind the scenes here. Mm, interesting. Aaron Rodgers to Vegas? Aaron Rodgers to. Uh, New England. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to find a place to squeeze the cap. Uh, I thought the Vikings had a really good night last oh, night. Great. I love both of their picks. I yes. thought going in, they were going to take receiver and cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your Bears are going to take Johnson from Utah. Yeah. He's really good, Trent, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't get injured, he is a first-round pick without a doubt, uh, and he's still out there. But taking uh, Gladney from TCU was great. I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan. Uh, they took him at 22, so they got an area of need. I thought the Vikings had a big night last night. Uh, couple that with the, what, the, what the Packers did. I thought the Bears had a good night last night based on what the Packers did. Uh, just uh, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, uh, Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire is, is a beast. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to play 12 years and is going to he's going to be a nightmare. The Chiefs got better yesterday. The Super Bowl champions who returned 20 of 22 starters got better yesterday in a big big way. This is a very good pick Chiefs fans. If I don't know who else you would have wanted at that spot. Uh, it was great, Trent. The way that it all unfolded, there's we got some trades after uh, you know n- not having a trade in the top ten. The receivers, Al Davis gets his way, even though I know he's dead. Uh, but the ghost of Al Davis was clearly in the room. They grabbed the quickest guy in Henry Ruggs, who's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was good. And then I mean, it, it, when it, when it came to pick fourteen, as a Bronco fan, I was pretty sure that you're, they're going to get Kinlaw, Judy, or C.D. Lamb, and the Niners, who had dropped back a spot from mm-hmm. 13 to 14, took Kinlaw, which I love that pick. Uh, so it became one of the two receivers. Which one do you want, Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb? And they took Jerry Judy, so I thought the Broncos had a good day. I didn't understand the um, the Dolphins with their second pick. Austin Jackson, Trenton, maybe it's all based on the on the Holiday Bowl. He got eaten alive Torched, by A.J. Epinesa. Not just once. Yeah. Every single quarter, mm-hmm. uh, Epinesa beat him in. It was it was not good. Should we grab Jeff Hughes from the yeah. first block? Anything else you want to get in here before we take oh, a well, look at a broad brush? The the Vrabel house. <laughs> what was up? Now, the kid wasn't on the toilet. It, that, he that, wasn't? No. You, it sure looks like it. It does. It looks like he's taking a deuce. Right, right. I thought when I first saw it, I thought it was, what's the call? What do they call the guy that runs uh, at the Braves game that races the fans? Uh, the Flash? Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, is that what it is? Um, I thought that's who was in the Vrabel household. Yeah, the, the same outfit. Kind of, he kind of had the same outfit yeah, on. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's unique. And then the the other one. And then I saw the picture because I didn't see it at first. Um, like, it looked like he was sitting on the crapper yeah. for crying out loud. Really good. No, I thought it was great. I mean, all the a lot of the GMs, a lot of the coaches had their children uh, in the background, made them a part of the draft last night. For the circumstances that the NFL was dealt as to how to try and pull this off, I thought they passed with flying colors. I did. I mean, that's not easy. All the IT. You're right, Trent. It was corny uh, with Goodell, uh, with the booze, etc., with the getting to do the skull thing. Those kind of things were a little bit corny. But for the most part, I thought that that was, um, I thought it was really well done. 
really well done. Speaking of that, Niners were really well done. They had a couple of, I love both their picks. I told you about Kinlaw. Ayuk's yeah. a kid we've talked about a lot out of Arizona State. I thought the Niners got better, but let's find out about the Bears. They got better last night because the Packers took a quarterback who won't play for a couple <laughs> of years. He's Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. We'll get into the Bears pick in a moment. Uh, but Jeff, uh, just your thoughts on what you saw in round number one last night. Wasn't it great to see live sports uh, on our television? It was just nice to be able to 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 think about something else for a few hours and to think about sports and to dream about football coming back. Um, it was a nice night, i got to say. I didn't think it was the most exciting first round we've ever seen, but I think beggars can't be choosers on this one. It was just nice to to have something to talk about in the sports world that was real, and, and it, it was a good night. It was a good night, and I think we all need it. Let's uh, start with the division, and let's start with the team that had the first pick in the division. No surprise, it is the Detroit Lions. They sit at three. I was uh, talking to one of our sales dudes, Jeff, uh, yesterday, and and uh, Chuck mentioned to me, well, you know, where's the draft going to screw up first? Well, the easiest decision, probably the Lions. They'll find a way to screw it up. Didn't feel like they did. Uh, Jeff Okuda goes in there, this organization... Patricia trying to build in the mold of the Patriots. You think the Lions got a good season coming up? Do you think that they are trending in the right direction? No. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think that defense is any good. I don't think there's any pass rush there to speak of. Yeah. I think uh, Jeff Okuda is a very good player. Uh, but to me, with the Lions and to some extent the Giants at number four, I was surprised they couldn't get any value for those picks. And there's a lot of talk that Jacksonville was interested in getting up to three. If I were the Lions, I would have tried to stockpile picks. I would have taken pretty much any offer that came. I don't know how a cornerback puts them over any kind of a top right now. But, but more to the point with the Lions is you have a GM and you have a head coach who are pretty clear that this is going to be a make-or-break season. So I'm, I'm a little surprised they went with the safe pick. Listen, I think he's going to be a terrific player. I just think he's going to be playing for a different coach in a year. So um, it's a good pick. It's a good player. But by no means does that make them a contender to win this division. I just don't see it from that. I just don't see enough talent on that roster. I thought the Vikings got better last night. Justin Jefferson, I think, is a really good pick. Uh, him and Burrow had a spectacular year last year at LSU. And Jeff Gladney, who we see a lot in the Big 12 at TCU, uh, he'll hit you. I-, I thought the Vikings had a good first round. Jeff, how about you? Yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of Gladney. And I think the one thing that's sort of gone under the radar for Minnesota this year is is a lot of the sort of veteran pieces that we've come to know on that defense are gone now. Right. Yeah. And and Mike Zimmer, who's a hell of a coach, is has to sort of rebuild that defense, and Gladney's a good piece. No, I think Minnesota, listen, with Minnesota, it's going to come down to the quarterback. It's going to come down to what kind of player he is in the big spot, in the big divisional game. It has been his weakness so far. He's been terrible against the Bears. He's been bad eh, on and off, but basically bad against the Packers. They need Kirk Cousins to take that team to the next level because they're not good enough on defense to be a defensive-minded team anymore. Their offense has to drive them. The receiver should be terrific for Cousins. Um, It'll all come on to him now, and let's see if he earns the uh, outlandish amount of money he's making. Finally, we figure out, uh, finish up with the Packers in the first round. It was... A surprise to many. They move up to get Jordan Love from Utah State. Aaron Rodgers is there. Aaron Rodgers still has a contract in front of him here. What do you think the Packers were trying to do? I have given up trying to understand how the Packers run their organization. And, and, and I listen, this is not sour grapes. 
The Packers have been the class of this division now for 20 years. But they've been the class of the division for 20 years because they struck gold on two quarterbacks. And they struck gold on Brett Favre. They struck gold on Aaron Rodgers. And those two guys erased or covered up a ton of deficiencies on that roster over two decades. This roster for Green Bay is not great right now. They won a lot of coin flip games last year. That season could have easily have been an 8-8 eight and eight year. But Aaron Rodgers is still a great player. If you draft a quarterback who, who even the conservative estimates say is not going to be ready for two years, what message does that send to Rodgers, who has already been openly complaining about the organization for years? If you're a Bears fan or a Lions fan or a Vikings fan, you were celebrating yeah, this pick for sure. Night. That's exactly what you wanted. Because now you're saying, okay, they just used their first-round pick on a guy who has 0% chance to make them better this year. And, and everyone knows this is a year-to-year league now. Well, you can't be building for three years out anymore. The league changes every year. Guys get hurt in training camp. You know, last place to first place is a regular thing now. Why are you, if you're the Packers, why aren't you adding? He was begging you for a playmaker in the week before. He was giving every interview he could saying, we haven't drafted a skill guy in 15 years. Why not give him one of these speedy playmakers? When they didn't do it, there was rejoicing in the other three cities. Yeah, no doubt. Well, the Bears get to participate tonight. They've got a couple of picks in the second round as they'll get underway. Where do they pick first? Is it 40, Three. early 40, 43? Uh, so, Jeff, I, I'm thinking defense, defense, defense early. Um, is that where you see there's certainly some good corners still available? Uh, that kid McKinney from Alabama oh, still on the board? I, I'm drooling Are at you? the That's thought of that. Guy? If he's there at 43, run to <laughs> Goodell's basement and get that pick in. Makes sense to you, Jeff? does make sense to me. Uh, listen, they've got Eddie Jackson, who's a great center fielder. Yep. He's not exactly the most avid tackler there is around. <laughs> so what they're going to look for is to find the guy to pair him. McKinney would be perfect. But there's a couple of safeties. Winfield's still out there. Yeah. Uh, Chin is still out there. Chin is a guy I know they like a whole lot. He's another a stumper from the, uh, the back end. Uh, I think secondary is going to be the focus of that first pick. The one thing I would say might change is, is if, if Cole Kmet's still there at 43. Mm, yeah. Uh, do they go and bite on the tight end and then say, we'll take the best secondary guy available at 50? And also, remember, they're going to try to get more picks tonight. They're going to try to move back out of one of these second-round spots and add a third or a fourth rounder. Uh, they don't pick again after these two picks till the fifth round. They're going to try to be a player in three or four, so I expect them to try to drop back at some point tonight. So would it make the most sense? You're sitting at 43, there's somebody you love, you take him, and then dropping out of that 50 slot either later the second or a couple of thirds. Is, is that what you'd anticipate? It's going to depend the way things play out in the picks in front of them? I think so. I'll say this. With this draft, there's going to be a good player there at 43. Deep. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. They're gonna, I'd be surprised if they didn't pick at 43. So there's going to be a good player there. And then I think they'll look to sort of slide back in the second round out of 50 to somewhere around 60, 65, and then maybe add a third-round pick. And it, it's what they need to add in that second pick, whether that's Pett, whether that's a K.J. Hamler. Uh, they need to add a playmaker on offense with some speed. They've got to put speed into this offense. Um, and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it at wide receiver. Uh, there's a couple of backs I even like in the second round. I don't know if they go there. But, listen, you don't have to convince me that J.K. Dobbins is going to be a heck of a pro yeah, right. I, I just love, I love his college tape. And you could see him in Matt Nagy's offense doing damage. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be looking to get back a little bit. But, but they're going to have to add 
speed and an offensive playmaker, and I think there's going to be multiple options tonight. Last thing, Jeff. Jeff used to bearsblog.com. Will they take a quarterback this weekend? Will they take a quarterback this weekend? I think they will. Um, I, I actually thought about this a little bit this morning. If, if Eason is there tonight at 43, would they bite? If they, mm. here's, the, here's the issue. If you take a quarterback tonight, Mitch Trubisky is more than likely cut by the weekend. So if you take a second-round quarterback, he's backing up Nick Foles, and Mitch Trubisky has no role on this, in this organization. I don't think they're ready to do that yet to Mitch. So I could see them taking a taking a risk on a guy from a small school late in this draft, uh, somebody who becomes sort of a practice squad third stringer. If they bite tonight, it is a huge moment for the organization because if they go with an Easton or they go with a Hurts, it tells Mitch Trubisky that his days in Chicago are over. Jeff, we'll uh, grab you next week and recap the weekend. Thank you for what you do for us. Enjoy the uh, Enjoy the next couple of nights, all right? Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, appreciate it. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com, thebearsblog.com. He's really uh, he's good on the radio. He's a really good writer mm-hmm. as well. Glad you found him. You've had him for a long time. Oh, yeah, probably, I want to say, eight, nine years Is now. That right. Yeah, wow. just uh, looking for, you know, we used to get guys from the Tribune or the Sun-Times, mm-hmm. but it was just always so hit or miss. And right. look for a blogger. I mean, you did the same thing, Nick mm-hmm. Athen, Dave Sinekin. Mm-hmm. He's been a very, very fun guy to have on. And like you said at the top, He's not somebody that's going to pull punches. No, nope. he's going to tell you it as he did with the Lions. <laughs> he's a good guest. It's the All right, let's do this, Trent. Uh, we will hear from Tom Caker coming up. Alex Halstead on Iowa State before eleven. The governor's press conference at that time. Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa will recap Restaurant Radio and then preview rounds two and three. That's all before we get out of here at noon. Right now, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword couch. To 200, 200 right now is your chance to win $1,000. Couch to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. Alex Halstead uh, from 24-7 Sports. Uh, Cyclone Alert before 11. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.0. Mental illness and their families. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the program here until noon. Alex Halstead on Iowa State in about, oh, 12, 13 minutes or thereabouts. Let's get Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com into the program. Tampa Bay moves up a spot. Real quick on that. Were they, did they think Denver at 15 was going to grab them? Well, probably somebody. They, they just had a feeling that somebody was going to move up into that slot. They didn't want that because... They needed a right tackle. That's a great pick. Don't get me wrong. And Tristan Wirfs was sitting there. That has to be the justification. Not only Denver, but just anybody moving up to get Wirfs in that spot. At least that's the thought process. Well, because there was, you know, there were four of them identified, right? Mm -hmm. And the other three had gone. And you know, some people look. I think that Wirfs was he's not the fourth best. He's not. I think so. No, Uh, he's he's better than that. We'll find out. Uh, That's the good thing about it. Let's get Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com in here. Tom, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. By the way, uh, the Tristan Wirfs rolling out the red. 
carpet at his mom's home so she could have that experience, kind of. Uh, over a half a million people at least have now viewed the uh, the clip on Twitter. Brought a tear to my eye. Trent uh, said same thing out of him. I'm guessing we complete the trifecta, Tom. That was terrific. It was uh, it was awesome. Um, you know, everybody's kind of knows Tristan's story. You know, raised by a single mom, and you know, in Mount Vernon, Iowa, and just uh, you know the sacrifices that she's made um, for Tristan over the years are you know just it's pretty amazing. And uh, and now, you know, he can give her a, a better life, and uh, you know, a dream come true for them. Obviously, didn't go as early as I think we had thought or hoped, uh, but still, I, you know, he's a millionaire and uh, he's going to be able to take care of his mom. And, and, uh, that is just beautiful to see stuff like that. And even last night, you know, I, there was a, uh, FBF Vanessa posted a video just of, uh, you know, their, uh, what they were doing down, down there and the whole family got dressed up the whole community around the Epinesas, and I know we'll talk about AJ in a minute, but they everybody drove their cars by the house and honked mm. their horns and waved at the Epinesas as they stood out in their driveway last night. It's just stuff like that that warms your heart, uh, you know, as we go through all this. Tom, you're pretty close with Epi. I know you know him going back to his days playing for the Hawkeyes. Had to be disappointment inside that family, but everything you hear from AJ, from his dad, it is such a positive family that, yeah, there's disappointment they didn't go in the first round. They're going to be all right there. Thoughts? Did you talk any more uh, to Epi last night and where they go as they get ready for tonight and figure out where AJ is going to be? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to bother them. Um, you know, but I, I know AJ is going to be fine. Epi's going to be fine. They are such a humble, um, you know, they're just going to be happy to have the opportunity to play and to see AJ play in the NFL and, He's going to get that opportunity. He's going to get drafted in the second round, wow. uh, probably early in the second round, I would think. And mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to, have, you know, and, and you know, he's just going to have a chip on his shoulder going into camp. And just to prove all those people wrong, you know, talking to AJ last week, he, you know, he was like, I just wish I would have had the had a you know better combine or at least had the opportunity to have a pro day. Right where he could go out and show everybody that, hey, those numbers aren't representative of what I can do, and he could have checked that box. He didn't get that opportunity, and, uh, you know, lesson learned, I guess. But, um, yeah, he's going to be fine. Uh, you guys both like to gamble. Uh, we begin with pick 33 tonight, 40 and a half, 40.5 over under for Epinesa. Does he go before 40 and a half or after? Trent first. I would put it yeah. at after. I, I just after, still think, okay. yeah, I think that that 40 time over a five, it scares so many teams, and whoever gets them put in the tape, they're going to get a stud, but I go after. Uh, how about you, Tom? I'm going to go uh, before. I, I see. And my books are balanced. Sitting there. <laughs> My my new the the New England Patriots and my yes. sense says uh, they are going to look for a value and they're and they've got two second round picks. Although I will say this and Trent will agree with me, uh, I think 
Uh, the 43rd pick is for our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. And, uh, I would not mind seeing A.J. in a Bears uniform. Uh, right there with you. That would be a fun one. We will see on that front. Tom, uh, as we look at tonight and then over the weekend, Ojemudia, he's going to hear his name called Geno Stone. And, of course, Nate Stanley, all three of those guys anticipated they're going to be selected. What have you heard in terms of those three guys? I know it's a wide range. It could go anywhere. But anything that you've been able to pull, what you've heard out of those three remaining guys after Epinesa? I, you know, it's, it's surprisingly, I think OJ's probably going to go first uh, out of mm-hmm. that group um, and maybe as early as the third round. Yep. You really, I talked to him last week, too, and, and uh, you know, he definitely said his phone started to pick up after he run that, ran that fourth four four five at the combine uh with his size and uh his tackling ability and he's good in coverage uh, i i think teams are really interested in him because they didn't know you know if he didn't run well is he going to be a safety can he play safety can he do that well uh now i know he can he can probably play corner and um you know and and i was defensive backs have had success. You look at Desmond and Micah Hyde and Hooker and guys like that 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 are making an impact. Um, I, I think that also is going to help him. Stanley's the interesting one. Me because, too. For me too. You know, I just you know sometimes you, you see stuff that maybe he can go as early as the fourth round, but then other people think maybe he's like seventh round and you know, Stone. I, I think he'll go somewhere. I just don't really have a feel for that. His size is, but like he told me. Uh, before he's like, uh, you know, I don't, uh, my size isn't going to change. And, uh, and, you know, it's just who he is. And that's kind of why he came out because he knew that his stock, it's sort of the, the, the Tyler Sash story, you know, about a decade later where Tyler just knew, um, you know, he's banged up and he's got to, you know, get what he can get it. And then uh, that's what he did. So, um, you know, I think Stone will go probably fourth, fifth round uh, uh, coming up. Favorite Big Ten running back still on the board, Jonathan Taylor or um, uh, uh, the Ohio Dobbins? Dobbins, uh, yeah, I would say probably Jonathan Taylor. I just, mm-hmm. you know, his his combine really answered a lot of questions. And uh, um, I kind of even thought Kansas City might take a swing at him. Uh, just, But they, they kind of like those scat back kind of guys more than the big power backs with what Andy Reid does. So. Um, yeah, I, I think Taylor's probably the better back out too. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, some commitment news this week. Bo Stevens has committed to Iowa. Very good offer list there. Offensive line as they continue to build there. Heard an interview uh, with the recruiting coordinator for Iowa the other day talking about that position group. What can you tell us about Bo Stevens? Yeah, he. I, I jokingly said he's just kind of like got a central casting for an Iowa offensive lineman. He lives in the weight room, and uh, you know he's posted a bunch of videos about him just uh, you know being in the weight room and and working on his strength all the time. And uh, it just seems to be perfect for you know what Chris Doyle does and uh, build himself up. I don't know if he's a tackle. Uh, he might end up being a guard. Um, you know, I, I think he's right now projected tackle, but I, I could see him at either position. And he's just, you know, kind of one of those big, strong, tough kids, mauler type players that uh, uh, tend to do pretty well at Iowa. So it was a good pickup. And then they also got uh, Max Wellen from uh, Urbandale this week, a good defensive end prospect. Uh, 
you know, probably have to put on, you know, 30, 40 pounds, but, uh, he'll, he'll fill out and, uh, a lot of good potential with, uh, you know, he's a really good athlete, plays some tight ends and things like that. So he can run. And, uh, I think that was a real nice pickup too. Jeff Goodman, uh, has uh, come up with his preseason top uh, 25 and he's a really good basketball, uh, guy, as you know, Tom, uh, he, I think was were the Hawks four or five for, they were in the top five. They were either fourth or fifth or four. Four, is that where they were? Uh, that's the highest I've seen. Of course, Wisconsin's in there, Michigan State's in there. The conference is going to be good again. But, man, oh, man, this is uncharted territory. It's been a long time since preseason four, for crying out loud. Yeah, you got to have uh, got to have the big fellow back to get Yeah, for sure. And that, that's, uh, that's uh, everything that uh, with Iowa is if Luke is back, I think he will be back. Uh, I haven't heard anybody who's kind of told me, yeah, I just don't think he's coming back. Everybody right. seems to believe that uh, uh, he will be back for his senior year. And based on what Lucas said, uh, you know, and just talking to some NBA people in the last couple of days, um, they just, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to give him, uh, at least that I've talked to, that nobody thinks that he's going to get that guarantee that he wants, that he's not going to be on a two-way or something like that. So, um, yeah, I suspect Lucas is going to be back and, uh, put him with Jordan Bohannon, C.J. Mm. Frederick, and Joe Wieskamp around you, and that's uh, that's a formidable team uh, for sure. It's a little salty, no doubt about that. Tom Gakert, HawkeyeReport dot com. Tom, we'll thank. I will t- talk to you in a week. Thank you for what you do for us. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, Governor Reynolds at eleven. New uh, the statistics overnight from the Iowa Department of Health: five hundred and twenty-one new cases. Oh, wow. That is a one-time high. Means they're testing more. Mm-hmm. Eleven uh, people sadly lost their lives yesterday, which was also a one-day high. So Governor Reynolds coming up at eleven. She teased yesterday. At least that's how I took it. That she may have some news as to when they will, um, at least in some parts, in some respects, uh, open up the state of Iowa again. We'll see if that maintains uh, from uh, from yesterday's press conference. That's coming up at 11. Uh, Alex Halstead on Iowa State's coming up next. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Account the Kicks Facebook page. All right, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you here until noon. Thanks for spending some time here with us. We've got another keyword in the 11 o'clock hour. Right now we're going to talk Iowa State. Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. He joins the program. Uh, good to talk to you, Alex. We'll get to the uh, the recruiting news in, in a moment. There will be... Next year, there'll be some Cyclones drafted. I mean, Charlie Kohler's going to hear his name called at the very least. Steve Wardle, the long snapper, seems to be the guy that maybe has a chance. That surprises me a little bit. And maybe, you know, guys like Lima uh, and guys like uh, even uh, Petway, I think he had a chance. Deshante Jones has a chance. Probably more so, you know, free agents after the seventh round. But what are you hearing? What are the prospects, uh, the likelihood, I guess, of, of, uh, of Cyclones hearing their name at some point this weekend? Yeah, you're right. That The best chance right now is going to be Stephen Wartell, uh, the long snapper, four-year starter for Iowa State, and um, considered really probably the top long snapper in this draft uh, right there with Ferguson from LSU. Those were the only two invited to the um, Senior Bowl. Uh, Wartell obviously really stood out at the NFL Combine. and I know it's not a position that people really focus much on, but most NFL teams have a specialist that, you know, it's that guy is 
career is to be a long snapper, and you've seen a guy like Patrick Manley, you know, do it for ten plus years with the Chicago no. Bears, and you know that's one thing Mel Kiper Jr. said was that you know, when you're a long snapper, if you get into the NFL um, and you're good, you're going to probably have quite a career. You know, you can have a long career because it's it's um, not as you know physically daunting in terms of taking the hits and that sort of thing. And so you see long snappers last for quite a while. Uh, the only problem is there's only 32 of them in the world, really. Um, and so it's hard to get into the league. But over the last five years, you've seen, uh, a, a, I think in the last five years, a long snapper has been drafted every year between rounds five and seven. Um, and so that's the expectation is that Wartell is going to have a chance to be the long snapper uh, in this class. But yeah, beyond him, it's it's not a year where you're expecting a lot more, but there could be guys that sneak up, sneak up into there. I think the Michael Petway's one name, like you said, that's going to be interesting because he's got some of that size and he, he put up the production, especially uh, in the red zone. Ray Lima is an interesting one because I think uh, he kind of was one I expected, you know, probably when we were talking last fall, we talked to yeah. Todd McShay uh, before game and he had a fifth round grade on him, but you just have not heard the buzz. And I think one of the things that hurts Ray Lima a bit is uh, a lot of teams are looking for those quick twitch athletic defensive tackles. And that's what McShay told us was that, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily have that, but teams still take those run, run blocker or uh, those run, you know, stoppers and that sort of thing, which is kind of what Lima is. And so I thought he would maybe find a place, but you just not have not heard much buzz. But you know, him, Petway, Marcel Spears, I think you can maybe see in a late mm-hmm. round. But right now, it's looking like most of those guys, especially uh, you could even add in Marcel Spears and uh, Julian Good Jones. I think uh, Deshante Jones. I mean, those guys could all get undrafted free agent. Uh, deals, but uh, that's what it's kind of looking like right now. Alex, is there an era parent at that long snapper position for Iowa State? Wartell had the job for the last few seasons. Is there a guy that they've groomed that's going to be there? Is it going to be a competition? Any insight? Because if it's a guy that Steve Wartell saw the name a couple of times, but never thought of him because he did a really good yes. job. It's an important position. Any insight there? Yeah, that's about a position where Campbell's always gone uh, scholarship. You know, some programs do not use a scholarship on that position. Campbell uses a scholarship on uh, long snappers, kickers, and punters. And um, so Wartell was on scholarship for four years. Uh, they've got a walk-on named Connor Guess, who's kind of been here, kind of been groomed. Uh, but the ideal situation for them is they actually recruited a kid in last class who's going to be on scholarship come this summer, Kobe Hathcock from Arizona. Um, he was rated by, you know, Cole's kicking, I think, um, you know, there are a couple of services that rank long snappers, and I think he's ranked as uh, one of the top two or three long snappers in the country in last class. So um, they went out and got what they thought was, you know, they think he's the best long snapper coming out of high school in this class, this 2020 class. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see. But that's the plan is that he'll be on scholarship, and their hope is that he's kind of the next Wartell in terms of being a four-year starter for them. Did Greg Eisworth's injuries, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for Iowa State that he's coming back for his senior year, did, did, but did it prevent him maybe from testing the waters? Because after he he showed up and played his sophomore season, you're thinking, boy, this kid's really, really good. And he's he was the one that I think that a lot of people thought really would have a difficult decision after the season ended last year. But his injuries probably prevented that, right, and kept him in Ames. Yeah, I think going into last year, the two names, I guess we really didn't think of Charlie Kohler, I guess, early in the year, but as the season went along, I think the two names, you know, that were always probably in the back of your mind were Charlie Kohler and, um, and Eisworth in terms of potentially leaving early. And I think, think the injuries probably did play a role. I mean, he only ended up starting, I think, nine games was limited. I don't think he really got to show everything that he was capable of. You know, when he was playing, their defense was much better. I think mm-hmm. that was noticeable. But just personally, I don't think maybe he had the film. And so it'll be interesting next year. I think he's a little bit undersized. But obviously, he's a, when he's healthy, he does a lot of things well. 
um, out there. And, you know, another guy that they're getting back that would have been gone for sure, but I don't know NFL or not, was Jaquan Bailey. So, yeah. you know, they get, a, they get some guys back next year that probably would have been in the NFL discussion this year um, had they gone, especially Kohler. You know, this is – you didn't see a tight end, I don't think, select the last night. I think uh, Cole Komet uh, from Notre Dame probably goes tonight and there will be a few tight ends. I think – that's kind of interesting to kind of look back on it. It's also interesting. I was thinking this last night with Hakeem Butler. Um, he, in retrospect, maybe made a good decision. I think six or seven receivers. Excellent point. Round. It w- yep. would have been interesting to see where he was in in that mix, but you know, he maybe made, picked the right year to go. Excellent point. Recruiting news over at 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Alex and the one probably most impactful for the upcoming season, as long as we get an upcoming season, is a, a tight end from JUCO, Deshaun Hanika. Kind of uh, an interesting story, a guy that redshirted his final season, so three years of eligibility for Hanukkah. Yeah, this is an interesting one because uh, when you probably first looked at him maybe a few weeks ago, if, if you were kind of following on 24-7 sports, that Iowa State was interested in him. He was supposed to take an official visit April 11th. Everything you know on his profile was that you know, he's a 2021 prospect. Um, but Iowa State's actually offer for him was to be a late 2020 edition. And so the situation with Hanukkah is that he went to Butler – uh, community college to get looks basically uh, didn't really play there. He, he redshirted and uh, school still saw him. The way Iowa State saw him actually for the first time was last spring. They weren't there to get and look at uh, Darren Wilson, who they ended up taking um, and getting to campus right away. He's his teammate. They saw him there. They followed him through last year, and now he's going to do the same thing as Darren Wilson and come to Iowa State. Uh, he hopes in June. It kind of depends on this pandemic and what he can get to Iowa State, but. He's going to come to Iowa State as a redshirt freshman, uh, and the plan is to kind of uh, be able to learn from Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen, Dylan Sainer, and then he kind of can bridge the gap, especially if all three of those are gone. You know, you know, Allen and uh, Sainer will both be gone. Mm-hmm. If Kohler goes pro, then you've got Easton Dean, Skyler Loving Black, and now Deshaun Hanukkah, and so you don't have to worry as much about bringing in a 2021 tight end that has to play right away. So um, they're really excited to get him, and I think it's a big gift for them in, in the fact that uh, I talked to him just recently, and uh, there's three schools looking at his transcripts uh, and working with their admissions departments on him before he committed were Oklahoma State, TCU, and Michigan State. So uh, good schools that he could have also went to. Uh, we heard yesterday, and M- Missouri, uh, I believe Washington State, three schools, three school presidents – was one of them? Ameri- I don't remember. Anyway, I heard three of them that said uh, that they will have students on campus beginning this fall. That was the first we've heard from school presidents. Now we also did hear the, I believe, the president of uh, of Arizona uh, in in Tucson say that he doesn't think that's likely. But we heard three that gave the thumbs up to kids coming back. That was the first time I'd heard that, Alex. Yeah, I think I think these schools are trying to be optimistic, you know, and you can put that out there now and then kind of continue to evaluate. Uh, we haven't heard, obviously, anything like that um, from Iowa or Iowa State. The, the closest thing I've seen recently is I think Jamie Pollard tweeted today that um, he, he and his staff have had a call maybe yesterday to start talking about ways that um, they can reintegrate or reengage with fans. And so I think they're trying to think of what the plan will be uh, when it comes to that. But I think right now I don't know if they for sure made a decision on the summer classes um, but for sure they have it on the fall. Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Alex, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Didn't even get to basketball because, unfortunately, I nothing to talk just, about. I mean, the Big East, Big 12 challenge is out. Yeah, who did they draw? It's a big one. The Demon Deacons are coming back to the state of Iowa. Whoa, okay. Oh, no, no, the Blue Demons. Yeah. DePaul.
Not the Demon Deacons, right. of course. No, that's a different league. DePaul, after uh, putting it on the Hawks last year, they make ah, their way that's back. That's right. That was the embarrassment in November. Yes. Eesh. The day but, that Xavier Foster commits to Iowa State. The world was falling apart in Iowa basketball, and now here we are just months later. How yeah, different it is. Shoes on the other foot. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you see Cliff, Kling, Cliff Kingsbury set up last night? Not bad. Good to be uh, Kingsbury. Yeah, he's got things Jeez. figured out. What a place, my gosh. Why wouldn't you? Kim uh, Reynolds, uh, governor of the state of Iowa, she'll be on uh, when we resume. Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa will recap what we did in Restaurant Radio, maybe plant some seeds for you this week, and then we will preview uh, tonight's second and third round. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.